Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, hi there, and welcome to the show. It's a Friday. It's May 11th. This was a lousy week for me, I'll tell you guys. Anyway, uh, if I appear diminished, like my head is barely above the... It's, hey, Amy, yours doesn't look that far down. Yeah, let's see. I've I've got one of these seats where well, it it starts up there, then you sit, and it drops down. Maybe that one doesn't. Let's try. I used to have. Excuse me for this. We're being um, threatened with eviction again from, and people I think stole my. No. I dropped. You think? No, it's still like boob level. That's where it was. I'm sorry we should have done all this, but oh God. Okay. You don't need to know my problems. You have problems of your own, I'm sure. I'm sorry, Amy. So, (laughs) always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side. Just talking to myself, feeling a little discombobulated. God damn. Okay. Um, (laughs) oh, interesting piece. I'm sorry, I will (coughs) snap out of it. Uh, There was an interesting piece uh, in the New York Times today about around these parts. Uh, And it is about how a bunch of otherwise totally non-political women of a certain age have, because of the current occupant of the White House, he whose name shall not be uttered, uh, so appalled that they have literally upended their own otherwise placid existences and become totally politically active. And it's fascinating because it's about people live right around here and uh, how they are doing. It's sort of like the Democratic Tea Party kind of movement. People who otherwise were just not interested, who now see political activism, refurbishing, uh, repopulating of the Democratic Party status in their, in their community, in their county, um, in the state, to be what they get up in the morning to do. And I'm blown away by it. The, the, the dateline on the story is Conneaut Lake, and it focuses mostly on one woman named Kathy Rents, R-E-N-T-Z, 
who um, is 74 years old. God bless her. And she now is regularly on the road from here to there. She's organizing meetings of like-minded people in otherwise Trump territory. And she is getting organized. She's active in the uh, gerrymander movement. She is active. She is so active that it says that she now, when she sent in her latest tax return, <laughs> this is a former French teacher, grandmother, sent in her, uh, and a Republican. She was a Republican until she did fall for Barack Obama and voted for him. And, uh, and then when Trump showed up, she was, I mean, absolutely solidly now a Democrat. And she put on her the top of her tax return, um, something I'm sure you're not supposed to do, she scrawled on the top, not for Trump's golf trips. So the story um, is about the fact that in the suburbs, in the small rural communities here, in the ex-herbs. And they say, all, this is happening all over the country, but they said particularly here in politically contested western Pennsylvania. And we didn't used to be politically contested. This was, you know, this was Pittsburgh amidst a sea of red. Connor Lamb changed that. And Donald Trump and his enablers are helping to continue that change. Uh, the Times says that there is this like new forming grassroots kind of democratic machine that is powered by college-educated women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. They are either retired or they're at the top of a career. They often have had no prior interest in any kind of political activism, but the gift that keeps on giving, he whose name shall not be uttered if we can help it, uh, changed all that. So... I keep saying so. Remember when that used to annoy me? So? These days, it says that these women are on a daily basis to be found in meeting rooms, at Panera, in living rooms, libraries, pizza huts, uh, always working. And you know what? Knowing women especially retired professional women of this age, they come with such a ton of organizing skill, such a lifetime of experience, and an indefatigability that often goes with being a working woman and working woman slash mother slash grandmother, you betcha, 
These are women who are used to hard work and getting things done. And now they've just moved into a different arena and thank God. It says that there are dozens of these ad hoc groups just here in western uh, Pennsylvania. And they name some of the names. I've heard of a few, but not, not all. Oil Region Rising is one. Slippery Rock Huddle. Progress PA. 412 Resistance, that I've heard of. An indivisible Wexford. Yeah, let's hear it for you guys out in Wexford. At first when I read, I saw that, is I didn't see it as indivisible Wexford. Because <laughs> I think of Democrats in Wexford as like, I, what I saw was invisible. <laughs> invisible Wexford. Yeah, that'd be a group of Democrats in Wexford. No, but it's indivisible Wexford. And... Uh, they specifically right now have been gearing up for we got a primary election on Tuesday. See, now these are the exact kind of elections that Democratic voters do not turn out for. This is where committee people get chosen. This is where school board candidates get sifted through and state house representatives. This is where if Democrats are ever going to live up to uh, the potential of being a strong majority party, then we've got to educate our voters that these are the elections. Tuesday is a bigger election than the next presidential election, believe it or not. It's where the nuts and bolts, it's where every, everything builds from there. And the Times article says that these women have been focused. And they're not just focused on the congressional races or the governor's primary or that kind of a thing. Uh-uh. They are focused on down ballot, county level, governing boards, uh, and, and some of these seats haven't even been filled for years because nobody's interested in them. But they have power if someone wants it. And one of the women who's gotten involved in this is quoted in the article as saying about the Democratic Party, we assume that the infrastructure was there. And it's not. They see nothing at their level. You know why? You know what it used to be? You know what used to have Western Pennsylvania be a solid Democrat area? Yeah. Unions. What's happened to unions? They've pretty much disappeared. You wonder why wages haven't grown in forever? Uh, that'd be unions too. Uh, the impact of the marginalization of organized labor movement of unions has been huge. And it has had a huge impact on the Democratic Party because unions used to be the foot soldiers 
of the Democratic Party. They constituted a lot of the infrastructure in these parts. Not so anymore. And we know what happened to a lot of those Democratic Union members, starting with Reagan. Turns out they were Republicans. They were just Democrats because labor unions were, well, with Democrats. But other than that, other than their own sort of financial uh, security, everything else they aligned with the Republican Party. And finally, even though most of them are still registered Democrats, they vote Republican. They vote Republican. A lot of these counties, like Lawrence County, which went 30 points for um, he whose name shall not be mentioned, um, 30 points has a majority Democratic registration. And that's not unusual for any of the counties around here. I bet that's true in Beaver and Butler and Westmoreland. Everybody's registered as a Democrat. I guess they're too lazy to get off their fat asses and, you know, and carry the card of the party that truly represents their priorities. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else in here that you might uh, be interested in. So one of these women, this Kathy Rents, calls uh, you know the head of the Democratic Party in Lawrence County when she was organizing some stuff, and she called him up and said, "Hi, here's who I am, and uh, I, me, and another woman uh, want to form a group called Lawrence County Action." And this guy who's got dust on his desk because he hasn't done a damn thing in God knows how long, he says. Have at it, girl. So she has. And these older women are bypassing people like guys like him who have long ago ceased to function because, well, it used to be easy and now it's not. And um, it says here that grassroots groups such as this are focused on gaining control of the Democratic State Committee. Yes, yes. Because it's those idiots, and we can assume mostly white men, who oversee the nomination for statewide candidates. They're the geniuses who gave us uh, Katie McGinty uh, against uh, Pat Toomey in the Senate race two years ago. See how nicely that turned out. And um, you take over something like a state committee by doing what these women are doing. You do hard work, you do thankless work, and you do it from the bottom up. And one of the women quoted in this article who is running for the Democratic State Committee Somewhere it doesn't isn't uh, southwest of Pittsburgh. It says she's quoted as saying, "I don't really understand why these guys hold these positions when they're not doing 
anything. Move over, boys. You got a lot of women who are awakened, who have seen that you guys are holding down elected positions by virtue of the fact that the voters don't bother going to these kinds of elections and they don't do their homework. Let me just tell you this. If you see a woman's name running for any county, party, position, council position of any sort, anything, those down ballot, I don't know. I, maybe it'll be a vote that's misbegotten, but my suggestion is, knowing that this is happening, vote the incumbents out. They've done nothing. Get these insurgents in and vote for these women. Vote women, women, women. And here's one of them, former Mercer County teacher. She's now running for local party committee. Those are that when you vote on Tuesday, and damn well, you better vote. Look for those things that you never have paid any attention for and find the women. Vote for them. They're running now. And she says this, I don't want to sound sexist, but I do think that women are less ideological and more practical. I think so too. Okay? We have a call. Caller, hello. Hey, good morning, Lynn Collin. This is Michael from Polish Hill. Michael, how are you? Good. I'm so sorry about the uh, passing of Dylan. Oh, uh, I believe, didn't I have a hand in naming him? Didn't you put uh, 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 like a, a post up and said who should name the cats when he got the two? But anyway, I'm sorry about that. I don't, <laughs> I don't I remember. I think I don't think you no, not in that one because I think the it, only cat I remember the my audience naming was the one before these two, which was Smudge Lemieux. Oh well, that's <laughs> we haven't heard that story enough <laughs> <laughs> because somehow that tied into Iggy Pop, right? Didn't Smudge write something about Iggy Pop in the uh, as a re retort to your interview? No, that wasn't. No, that anyway, wasn't Smudge. But, that was Bonnie Mertz. Oh, that was Bonnie Mertz. Yes, that was a <laughs> Calico. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're going into some deep dive history here. Yeah, it's uh, it's Bonnie Mertz who had the connection never, with Iggy Pop. Yeah. Every time I call, I start off with something <laughs> I didn't mean to call about. What I meant to call about was, <laughs> I am so glad that you brought this up, because it seems like this local election coming up on Tuesday has not gotten any notice at all. I agree. I have vote. I have never missed a vote since I've been 18. Never. Me and this one kind of took me by surprise. I'm like, oh, wait, there's an election on Tuesday. Yeah. And the reason I'm calling is I would like to put in a good word for someone who's running that is a magnificent person, lives in Lawrenceville. He's running against that pumpkin head, Adam Ravenstahl, 
PA House District 20, which is Lawrenceville, I think part of Bloomfield, it goes to Lawrence, or yeah, all Lawrenceville and Lawrenceville. Yeah, I think it skips even over in downtown there. is Strip District, yes. definitely Polish Hill. Yes, and definitely Northside. Who is it? Who's who? one of the greatest, coolest guys, Mike Devine. Nice name. State representative for District 20. Okay. And he will be on the ballot against uh, Pumpkinhead Adam <laughs> Ravenstall, who incumbent, like you said, we should uh, vote out. Mike Devine is for fighting against all this uh, crazy building of these, uh, what are they, Legoland buildings, or they look like uh, shipping oh. container buildings. Yes. And this gentrification that has gone rampant in Lawrenceville and now is creeping into Bloomfield and, and even Ga- and Garfield. Oh my God, my dearest Polish Hill. Hill. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about Garfield. I live in Well, yes, Hill it's Garfield it's, too, it's, it's, and you know, sitting not far from East Liberty. I feel for all of you because I've seen it too, and uh, wow. Oh yeah, East Liberty was the worst example of it, yeah. and they're going through it for the second time now. I know. <laughs> They got screwed two times. No, but you see, but, you know, this is is considered progress. And, you know, people, uh, the mayor would uh, say to you, what are you talking about? This is progress. This is why Pittsburgh is becoming something. We're on the map. You know, Lester Holt of NBC News did did his nightly news show from here uh, yesterday uh, talking exactly about, yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, and he did make uh, more than passing reference to the fact that um, all of this uh, growth into a you know potential you know tech mecca um, is is lifting a lot of boats, but leaving others behind, and so that was essentially the story, as it always is. But nobody really ever does anything. Well, about first it. of all. First of all, haven't we been hearing that for uh, almost as long as I've lived in Pittsburgh? Yes. Hey, we're not the smoky city anymore. We're yeah. on the rise. Hey, young people are moving here, blah, 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 which is all great. That is all wonderful stuff. But here's what's happening in Polish Hill. They want to rip down my grocery store and put up another one of those uh, Chocoblocko Legoland shipping oh, container no. apartment buildings that are like uh, $2,000. Uh, uh, rent. A month. Right. Rent. And you can go on the roof and have a barbecue with the people that are your neighbors in apartment buildings. That sounds like the worst nightmare ever in the world, first of all. Second of all, the way they're just ruining these real neighborhoods, like Bloomfield is a real neighborhood. Lawrenceville used to be a real neighborhood. It was, I, I hate to say this, but it was more fun when you could just buy crack. I'm joking. No, but I hear you. I hear you. I hear you in that it's what these were neighborhoods that are exactly what gave Pittsburgh its flavor, its its uniqueness. And in the name of progress, they will make us like every other ticky-tack goddamn city in the country. And exactly with those ugly damn buildings filled with ugly pasteboard uh, apartments that go for, yeah, $2,000 a month. And the people we know don't pay that kind of rent. Jesus. Well, we know people that actually have a house 
in Lawrenceville, or own a house in Lawrenceville, or in Bloomfield, and And they get priced out. They're going to go up so much because of this. They're going to be thrown out. And well, you've talked about this so much, but those um, uh, those buildings, they they're, they're cropping up in every city, and they look exactly the same. And okay, the Children's Hospital is cute. That's adorable. It looks like a Lego building. But we don't need. Uh, 50 more of them between Butler Street and Liberty. <laughs> no, I think children, Children's Hospital is, is, is actually an amazing structure. These other things are yeah. grotesqueries, and they are also mm-hmm. too damn big for the space they're occupying. They blot out the sun. They like they they, they hem you in on the streets where you used to have a sense of space. And they're ugly as holy hell. Oh, don't get Lynn, me started. you could walk down Butler Street and see across the river, and you used to be able to see across the, uh, over to the houses, even on the hill across the river from Butler Street in right. Lawrenceville. Right. Now they're putting layer upon layer above these buildings. Of, uh, near, right next to 40th Street, there's a building, and then behind it, another building. And, and I'm like, who in the hell... Wants to live in these places. Yeah. When they think like, oh, I'm going to get a view of the river. Oh, wait, there's another building behind me. Oh, I'm just going to get a view on the other person's patio if they sit out in their underwear uh, barbecuing or something. Which they... You know, on on Butler, uh, across from Arsenal Middle School. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's right where the bridge is, I think. Um, pretty close. Right, that's exactly where I'm talking that about. That yeah. building is what I was thinking of when I said outsized. It it doesn't fit there. It makes that magnificent old school look small. When there's no way that school should well, look I small. Don't, I don't know if you've been there lately, but they put another one behind no. that towards the river. And then another one behind that. So now there's three layers of the exact same building from Butler Street, or I mean 40th, yeah, and 40th Street from Butler towards the river. There are three behind the first one across from Arsenal. Do you it know? Is, you I'm, know? I'm okay. Absolutely. And guess what? They're making a high-class hotel out of the old school right there at the corner of um, uh, 40th um, and the and the bridge there at the 40th Street Bridge and Butler, where they have that old school that's been deserted for years. I don't know what. It looks very frightening. Uh, don't even get me into how frightening Wolfslayer looks. And kids still go to school there, and it looks like a prison. But anyway, uh, uh, this uh, lay- now they have three more layers, and they're going to make, make a luxury hotel, a uh, Ramada Inn, at that uh, building that used to be a school right at the corner of Do you know what? It, it, to me, this, this kind of architecture and this cramming uh, of people in these... Uh, these absolutely hideous uh, buildings. It reminds me of what I always thought of as East Germany, that pe- uh-huh. people there lived in these, or any kind of, you know, any sort of Stalinist regime. They put up these ugly... Hey, I've been there. I was in, I was in, um, I was in East Germany before the wall came down. Wow. When we were on a Sims tour, and we had to go through the border, and you know, drive on these roads in East Germany. It was like Dresden, and it seemed like it was always cloudy, and all those buildings looked exactly, exactly like the what si- they're building exactly. here. Exactly, And it's do. pretty frightening. Uh-huh. It's pretty frightening. You know, I used to live 
uh, uh, I used to live in a wonderful house near uh, what is now the back of Bakery Square and where, Reisens uh. where Reisenstein School w used to be. So it would be behind mm -hmm. that. And I, my view from there was of, of fields and, you know, trees. And now, exactly what you're talking about, I have been stunned. I, I figured they were done uh, <coughs> blotting the landscape there with these hideous houses and, and, and townhouses and, and apartment buildings. And my God, there is no space left, and they're cramming in a whole other row of them all the way back to... I mean, these residential areas with these beautiful old homes that now are sitting under this disgusting East Germany. I mean, I, and this is considered progress? Who lives in this shit? That's what I don't understand. It can't be a pleasant place to live, but I don't know. Maybe people just, uh, it's a new generation. Maybe they want to live in shipping containers. And we've gone very far astray of everything. Well, we've covered a lot of topics, but if you want to try to stop it, I well, will once again say, yeah. vote for Mike Devine. Yes. You vote on Tuesday. Okay. Get rid of the incumbent, Adam Ravenstall. His face actually does look like a cantaloupe more than a pumpkin. But uh, vote for Mike Devine on Tuesday if okay. you're in District 20, which a lot of people are. Thank you. Always nice. Stop this. Nice. Yes. Nice to share a, like said, a rant. Change begins. Change begins at home. That's we right. We can start to stop this. Right. All right, Lynn. You know, I love you. I love you Talk too. To Bye. You still have to do that movie date. Not that movie. I can't do that, that movie. Before. I'll do another. Oh no. Oh, Lynn. 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 I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this just looks dumb. Let's just have coffee. And you were like, no, I don't drink coffee. Well, let's have a drink then. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you, too. Oh, well, sorry for that if you weren't into it. Um, I really, I do. I get It just depresses the hell out of me when I drive around uh, East Liberty and, and the East End where I live. And it used to have, you know, all those... Well, the beautiful neighborhoods are still there, but they're being, as I said, there's these looming, ugly monstrosities, ticky-tack crap that that everybody thinks shows we're arriving somewhere. <laughs> God, unbelievable. So remember what I told you last week. It was exactly a week ago. And I said he'd be dead. He was probably dead. It was the old bit of the day. This 104-year-old David Goodall, who was a um, an ecologist and research scientist in Australia, who was still working up until 102 and taking buses and a train to get to his job. 102. And the story I told you was that He'd had a fall. He couldn't do, couldn't work anymore, couldn't do what he liked to do. His head is sharp as a tack still. But he, he didn't want to live anymore, and he wanted to kill himself. And uh, he tried, apparently. That I did not know and was not successful. 
and um, and so he had to get on a jet, a uh, commercial flight, and uh, at the age of 104, fly to Switzerland, which allows suicide and uh, allows you to come in specifically for that. And he went, and I had thought that he'd be you know, when I told you about the story last Friday, I assumed he was probably gone by then, that he'd get there and just do it. If you want to die, why, what, is he going to go be a tourist for a week? Well, it turns out he wasn't a tourist for a week, but he he died yesterday. So he was there a week. And in that time, he... A lot of his grandchildren and uh, had also journeyed with him. And there's a beautiful picture of him uh, in a wheelchair being wheeled through this beautiful um, natural setting, some kind of a meadow of some sort. And this was the day before he died. Um, and also there was such a clamor from media to interview him that he he had a news conference <laughs> the day before he died and and he he said um i have no hesitation whatsoever with what i'm going to do tomorrow i don't even have a fleeting one i no longer he said want to continue life and i'm happy to have a chance tomorrow to end it and uh, when he was there, I guess you can't just do it. You do have to go through, uh, jump through some hoops. And so when he did arrive, he, he had to have consultations with two separate doctors, um, uh, with a psychiatrist, um, and also the Swiss police have to come and uh, sort of sign off on it, that he is doing this of his own uh, free will. And um, and he did. And he went out exactly like he wanted to, listening to Beethoven's Ode to Joy. And uh, the doctor who attended said he died the moment Ode to Joy <laughs> concluded. And there you just it's a fatal dose of, of barbiturate that uh, you get intravenously and uh, the law there does um, say that no third party can start the flow and so David Goodall flipped the switch himself releasing the solution, fell asleep, and was dead soon after. Sort of like what I did for my suffering cat Wednesday morning. It's humane, unlike how we torture ourselves and our loved ones. So that, that's just the, uh, the rest of the, of the story. And 
did you see this thing about, you know, Scott Pruitt must be about the most horrific human being in the world, the supposed head of the EPA, I mean, the head of the supposed EPA under, under him. This is the guy who's costing us so much money, has like a, practically a platoon of security that is with him everywhere. Uh... So we know that he found $50 a night lodgings in a fancy schmancy condo for 50 bucks a night in D.C., which nobody can find good lodgings in <laughs> Washington, D.C. for 50 bucks a night, unless, of course, you're Scott Pruitt and you're getting those lodgings from uh, the wife of a lobbyist who wants the EPA to uh, you know, look the other way on a few things. So it's this total swamp activity. May in fact be illegal. But we've known this for some time. He hasn't been asked to resign by the president. No, no, it's, you know, he's still there. Well, something else has come up that happened shortly after he took uh, his position. This happened uh, on March 29th of last year, okay? So this would be just three months into the uh, wonderful uh, new administration. And Pruitt uh, had vanished for several hours. Uh, he told his staff that he was not feeling well, and he went home. Now, what's strange to his $50 a night uh, fancy condo? What's strange about this is it's unclear where the hordes of security apparently he never travels without. Uh, what he's afraid of has never been clarified, by the way. There are no death threats known, nothing. Um, he. Efforts to reach him by his security later, he, wouldn't an he wasn't answering his phone, he wasn't answering uh, the phone at the condo. Uh, a call was actually made to 911 by someone on his staff. And the, nine, you can, the 911 operator, since those tapes are available to news media, and the New York Times went looking for it, the the operator at 911 said um, to a ambulance that she was dispatching, they say he's unconscious. Uh, I don't know about the breathing. Okay? They say he's unconscious. I don't know about the breathing. First of all, nobody knew anything. He just wasn't answering his phone. So his security detail gets there before any ambulance, and they they batter their way in, um, breaking the door. And I guess they broke one door. Pruitt heard them, and came and actually opened the second door. He was fine. 
No explanation, by the way, has been given why he didn't answer his phone or what the heck was wrong. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, it turns out that the, the condo association said, hey, we got a $2,000 plus door here that needs to be replaced. And uh, they asked Pruitt, they asked the EPA to replace it. And that happened in March. The EPA finally agreed to pay for the door in September. And stop and think about it. You paid for the door that his security people tore off the hinges because in their hysteria they decided he was unconscious when he was not. Um, turns out there's another uh, rep congressperson who lives in the adjoining building. She's a Democrat from Minnesota. And strangely, she sits on the House Appropriations Committee, which oversees the EPA. And she has now objected to the EPA paying for the door. <laughs> oh, God. Because she says this. I know that Congress appropriates money for the EPA to protect human health, and the environment. We do not appropriate money for the EPA for repairs to the administrator's residence. Stop and think about that. That is true. He should pay for it. Or his security people should pay for it. Why should I pay for it? Why should you pay for it? Oh. It doesn't stop. It just keeps on coming. A totally, I don't even understand this story. But it's the kind of story that, of course, uh, makes me nuts. Uh, because it scares me about what this AI stuff is going to. I was at friend's house um, one night this week, and I heard um, one of them say, Alexis, <laughs> I think it was Alexis, right? Alexis, play Bob Dylan. And there was nothing, Alexis didn't seem to respond. Then I heard the other partner in this relationship say, Alexis, play Bob Dylan. Not, Alexis, play Bob Dylan. And I must have heard the command, Alexis, play Bob Dylan, like 10 times. And then, of course, it started up an argument between the two who were asking her to find Bob Dylan about so one of them giving her time. She's just trying to find, no, blah, blah, blah. It was like back and forth. And I was so proud of myself that I didn't say anything. I just observed and chuckled to myself. And thought, I will never, I will never, I will never, ever, ever. Probably not true. Anyway, there's a story about how all of these things, and especially things like that, are so hackable and can be hijacked by people 
you don't know outside your home why we put ourselves in these situations. And I, I don't even understand this story. It says, I'll, I'll read some of it to you because if I try to tell you, I'll muck it up. But it says over the last two years, researchers in both China and the United States have begun demonstrating how they can send hidden commands that are undetectable to the human ear to Apple Surrey, Amazon's Alexa, Google's Assistant. They can embed them in music in Bob Dylan. So Alexa, play Bob Dylan, which, by the way, she eventually did. And so Bob Dylan's playing. That's what you hear. But somebody up to no good could actually be infiltrating, and you're not hearing it. You're not hearing it. And they say, by doing this, someone up to no good can activate AI systems on your smartphone, on your smart speakers. They can make them dial phone numbers or open websites. And with bad guys, and we know bad guys immediately are going to glom onto this stuff, This, they could, while you're listening to Bob Dylan, they're telling Alexa to open the front door or open the back door so they'll come in and do whatever they want. Or they're wiring money from one of your accounts. Or they're buying stuff online in your name and all you're hearing is Bob Dylan. They said, absolutely doable. We have a call. Hi, caller. Yes, hello, man. Hi. Uh, Bree in Dubai. Hi. A little noisy here. There's a Stereophonics Plan B uh, concert across the street, so uh, I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, we can. Noisy here. We can. Uh, one of the things, uh, yeah, so whenever you refer to the, uh, at least the Amazon uh, device, we have a little trick here. We say Lexi rather than the real name because as you were saying that, all my devices were going berserko and I had to run around and turn them off and hit the button. And so, you know, any they do this now on ads, on YouTube sometimes and things, and I always have to, the, the original Amazon, they have some way of uh, mixing it with another frequency so it doesn't actually trigger all of the devices. And I think... I think there was some product for an ad that did a Google thing or something. And Burger King. And people weren't very this, happy with that. Yeah, this article said that Burger King yeah. uh, had an online ad that, that said, okay, Google, what is the Whopper burger? And all these voice-enabled search would start reading from Whopper's Wikipedia page. I mean, what? Yeah, and people messed around with the Wikipedia page. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Then people started messing with it. Yo, you want to mess with me? I'll mess with you. So they messed with the Wikipedia page. Where does all this go? So there's got, but every time, let's say you or or the producers of these products figure out maybe how to safeguard this particular thing, then some other end run is figured out immediately. There is no safeguarding these devices. Well, I had uh, I was listening to one talk show, and the host said the name of the device, and they, they were making fun of uh, one of the callers or somebody on the show who had recently 
uh, had an operation, and so he he said order depends. <laughs> so my device automatically <laughs> started to order it now. You know, and I had to take that off. But then now Amazon has a record of me trying to order Depends, which I don't need. <laughs> now I get ads for all kinds of things. So I really wish that everybody would just say Lexi or, you know, another thing. But does she answer? I started playing the yeah. song. She answers to Lexi. Lexi, that's right. Okay. But okay. so, okay, but... <laughs> Okay, I'll, so you mean if I just say Alexa, so these places saying Alexa set off people's Alexas all over the world. Yes, yes, you just, I, I, you set off two of mine. <laughs> In Dubai! Jeez, well there, I rest my case. Are you, um, okay, unbelievable. Hey Drew, thank you. That was this was great. I'm sorry I messed you up a little. Free bit. in Dubai. Free in Dubai. Free, free. Okay, goodbye. Free in Dubai. Okay. Free in Dubai. Thanks a lot. Lynn. Bye. Talk bye. To you later. Yeah. Bye. 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 That's Bree in Dubai. And I set off his two of his. Actually, at one point, I was sitting alone at the dining room table that night, and Alex, I'm afraid to say it now, and Lexi said, um. Something asked me a question like, "Yes, can I help you?" And I, I, I said, "I'm not talking to you." <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry. No, but they said this article is just terrifying. They say these deceptions illustrate how artificial intelligence can still be tricked. And manipulated, computers can be fooled into identifying an airplane as a cat. All they got to do is change a few pixels of some digital image. Researchers can make a self-driving car swerve or speed up by pasting small stickers on road signs and confusing the car's computer vision system. Oh, my God. All right, we got a bunch of callers. Let's, let's get to them. Hello. Hi. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Uh, this is Jeff from down in uh, Greene County, Chronicles Hi. to be exact. And, uh, yeah, I won't even mess with uh, Siri or... Um, Alexa or any of that, those uh, virtual helpers, and I, I, I won't even mess with those. It's, it's some of the smart devices and stuff like that that go along with them that turn on lights and stuff. No, because they're like very easily hackable and everything. It's just 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 not worth the trouble. So whatever uh, happened to getting up and turning on your own damn light or making your own grocery list? Or, you know, know. God, what are we going to do? You know, we're going to evolve into nothing more than an ass. Um, You know, all we do is sit, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Okay. Uh, Well, I'm with you. One other thing. Yeah. Uh, Did did you cover uh, Don Blankenship's loss? No, but I did. I celebrated it. I wasn't here the day after, so I wasn't able to, but... 
in some ways I almost was hoping he would have won so that they would have gone down in flames and you know we could be assured of keeping a Democrat in that seat even if it is Manchin but because um, now yeah. I think that seat's in play uh, I don't know I, I, I think he's still going to win um, I I'd rather would have seen I would like to have seen like somebody challenge give him a good challenge on the Democrat exactly. Side. Yeah, and, that would be good. Like, that would have been nice. Yeah, and his challenger, you hardly—I can't even tell you to tell you how much the, you know, his challenger was well known. I forget her name. <laughs> so uh, yeah, right there you go. But uh, yeah, I, it, it would nice be nice to like see an actual progressive in there. Well, so, I, I but, wouldn't hold uh, I wouldn't hold your breath given the um, given the fact that it's West Virginia, but you never know. Things do change. Yeah. Things do change. Yeah, really. But, okay, but no, I'm with no. you. I'm a, a we don't need these virtual assistants. I don't even know need a regular assistant. God dang. Okay, I got another call, so I'm going to run. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Jeez, Dubai, Green County, and. Our next caller is from, hello. Hello. Hi. Am I on? Yes, you are. Oh, hi. I'm calling from Squirrel Hill. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's okay. I just wanted to say I was given one of those uh, Amazon devices for Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. As a present. Yeah. And number one, I saw battles and fights break out in my household with guests just because of how people were treating her. Huh. I mean, some men were, like, really juvenile. You know, it's like, uh, you know, asking questions about Uranus. I mean, oh, like, God. I could not believe the behavior of some people in the questions they were asking her. So that was, like, a whole interesting uh-huh. episode in itself. But then what disturbed me most is realizing that you cannot turn the thing off. If you try to unplug it, the first time I unplugged it to move to another place, I realized it has to reboot. And then I realized there's no place to turn it off, and it must reboot each time. Um, I thought maybe when really you un- I thought maybe when you unplugged it, it started doing. Daisy, Daisy. <laughs> well, here now I've left it unplugged for like two months or something, yeah. maybe three months, yeah. and it won't do anything. <laughs> So I sort of researched, yeah, I think it needs, like, major reboot. Like, I went off, you know, the grid for too long. Yeah, you have to <laughs> apologize to her or something. You have to, you know. I don't know what I have to do, oh, but it will God. not, like, start up at all. Throw it out so, the window. I mean, the blue light starts flashing, but then, you know, you can't, yeah. she won't talk to you or anything. So, um. Re-gift. You re-gift. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Okay, we've got just a few minutes left, but we have another caller. If I'd known this was such a good topic, I would have brought it up earlier. Hi, caller. Hello. Hello, Lynn. Yeah, hi. I just make a quick comment about yesterday's show. I just want to say what a wonderful lady and a great show. Thank you. Married to a wonderful guy. I mean, what a great lady. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, she's the best. I agree. Sarah Joanne Rogers, what a what a wonderful woman. Yeah. Absolute genuine. 
anyway, so just wanted to uh, alert you to that. I don't, I, this is, a few months, uh, last year, the animated series South Park did an entire episode built around voice commands that caused viewers' voice recognition, recognition assistance to parrot adolescent obscenities. Why didn't I know that? So all over America, their Alexas and series, excuse me, uh, well, what can I, I can't say it without causing trouble in Dubai. I mean, so, yeah, um, they were saying, you know, oh, that's so funny. That is friggin' great. And it says here, just to get a little serious about it for a minute, minute there is no American law against broadcasting subliminal messages. There is none. And the FCC says, and we're not going to, it's counter to the public interest. What? What? It's counter to the public interest not to have a law that says you can't be feeding stuff into my head or my child's head without us realizing it or screwing with my AI, my virtual assistant. The courts in this country have ruled that subliminal messages may, const may constitute an invasion of privacy, but the law has not extended the concept of privacy to machines. So you can't violate series or uh, privacy. Give me, oh God. See, the law, uh, are, the law is just one huge thing that cannot catch up with technological change. It is just, I mean, the law is like, you know, driving a, uh, a horse and buggy while the world is whizzing by on a, you know, a self-driving uh, vehicle that's crashing because uh, someone put a sticker on a sign. I, the law is, uh, this is from Dickens, the law is an ass. The law is not up to speed here. And just the final thing I'll leave you with this article, which freaked me out. Um... This year, a group of Chinese and American researchers demonstrated that they could control voice-activated devices, like all your little virtual assistants, with commands embedded in songs that can be broadcast over the radio or played on YouTube. And, you know... There's got to be an update to that buyer beware thing because it's now user of all of these supposedly wondrous new devices that'll make your life so much easier. Beware. And we'll finish things up with Beth who wrote in. We were at a friend's home about a year and a half ago and they were doing the same thing. Alexa, play Kenny's favorites. We were having a conversation about funny Christmas stories with our family never saying any word that even sounded like Alexa. Uh, Drew, you made me, I'm, I mean, Bree, Bree, Drew, did I call him Drew? Bree, I'm sorry, turn me off. All of a sudden, Alexa started playing Christmas music. My wife and I looked at each other and said, we are not getting one of those things. 
because Alexa likes to listen in. And listening in, she makes assumptions. Oh, they want to hear Christmas music. No, they were just talking about Christmas music. This past Christmas, we got an Amazon note as a gift, and we returned it. We fight tooth and nail to keep government out of our lives, but as a society, we are freely allowing a company who we are giving money to for a product to have open access to everything in our lives. Unbelievable. All right, well, I think this is from Hill Street Blues, if you remember that one. Be careful out there. Um, thank you for all your kind uh, comments about my cat. And uh, we'll be uh, back Monday, and let's hope for a better week <laughs> in general. Okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>